Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. You know how things grow on you when you're on a thought, on a plan, construction, building an engine, or painting, and between times when you come back to your project, say project, you think, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. So um, I'm going to subtitle, subtitle this, push or pull, push or pull. You say, what does that have to do with Habakkuk? Right now, I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping of, as we weave through it, we will, we will find out. Push or pull. The burden which Habakkuk saw. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear, even cry out to you, violence. The Chaldeans were on their way. They ransacked Israel. Judah was about to be dead meat. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? The vision of the prophet that was coming to God's people. For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife, contention arises. Verse 5, look, among the nations and watch, be utterly astounded, God's response. Look, God responded twice to him in Habakkuk. This is the first one. Verse 5, look, among the nations, watch, be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though I were to told you. For indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. God always judges evil, even though he raised up the Chaldeans because of the evil of Israel and Judah, he will not let them off the hook for their evil. He will will raise the Chaldeans up to discipline, censor, I'm going to say punish, I have no idea why God. Sometimes it's good to be a Presbyterian. They're a total five-point Calvinist. God bless John Calvin. But the one point is, I was telling my wife the other day that it's good to be a, a Presbyterian in this point, that God knows, understands, and is aware of all things happening. I tell a story I heard, maybe some of you have heard it. A sweet Presbyterian, pushing 60 years of age, slipped and fell down the stairs. When she got up, she said, thank God that's over. (laughs) And I don't want to get in trouble with my wife and certainly the other prayer warriors here. And uh, one of the things I've been dealing and talking to God with, not like the prophet Habakkuk, I'm a lightweight and I don't mean to discourage you from praying, is 
If God is sending a virus to the world, how can anyone's prayer shorten its length? I don't mean grace to discourage the flock. This is just on my heart. We raise our voice, how long will I cry, Lord, and you will not hear? I don't like, I don't like people not being able to gather. I don't like this season. Selfishly or not selfishly or whatever, or pastorally or papa-ish or whatever, I don't like, I don't like this season. These are totally unrehearsed remarks. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't have a clear answer today of what heaven's will is in our world. We've persisted to murder babies. How many millions since 63? A million a year, and we wonder why Social Security is going broke. Let me just put it in dollars and cents. The people, the infants, the Bens, the Londons, that we have killed in the womb, how stupid could we be? Would be helping your years with a little extra every month as a Social Security recipient let alone their life as a missionary, as a teacher. I just put it in dollars. Sometimes in dollars and cents, we gravitas to it. <laughs> Can America? Oh, Lord, please don't, be, don't say, I got up and got dressed for this. But can America, can America be spared? Chaos in our streets. Chaos in D.C. There is none righteous, no, not one. The most wonderful prayer guidelines by firewall. Sharon brought to our tailgate prayer. Wonderful to read. All those declarations. And I say, oh Lord, how long? Say that with me. Oh Lord, how long? He did bring me this verse in 2 Chronicles. If I bring pestilence and waste and famine and disease, if my people... We'll pray. Humble ourselves. Could there be a pound of pride in any of us at this point? There's certainly not a pound of pride in any minister, pastor. Ones that are close to me and ones that are fairly close to me, I think 70% of them are as I. I know you went after the one that got lost. Are you going to go after the 40% that are lost? You like it? When I'm honest, I know Kathleen Grace Mulmulkey will pray her socks off and join me when she grabs my hand and we have prayer time after our Bible reading that God keep our medical workers safe, essential workers like Holbrook and, and others safe and heal. Classmate of Christina's in Vancouver perished and died with this the other day. They went to Mac Middle School together. How could we have any other God before him? How could we have any other God before him? Where could we go? And uh, God says that in Habakkuk, to Habakkuk. He says, how in the world can those that carve their own image, <laughs> what profit is the image that its maker should carve, the molded image, a teacher of lies, 
2.18 that the maker of its mold should trust in it to make mute idols. Woe to him who says to wood, awake, to silent stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, yet in it there is no breath at all. So, oh Lord, how long? How long? In verse 5 of chapter 1, God responds the first time. He goes back to the Lord and he talks to the Lord, chapter 1, 12. He had cried out how long. God spoke back to him. I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans to punish. In 12, Habakkuk says, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. You have appointed them for judgment. Say modify. That's what's great about being in God's presence. We can come in with all kinds of feelings and all of a sudden we modify it. He says, you're the Holy One. O rock, you have marked them, the enemy, for destruction. Let's say this. He has marked COVID-19 for destruction. Let's say it. He has marked COVID-19 for destruction. You are of pure eyes and to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. You're going to get them. He continues. 15. They take up all of them with a hook. They catch them with their net and they gather them in their dragnet. Therefore they rejoice and they're not glad. We're dead meat. Therefore they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet. Because by them their share is sumptuous and their food plentiful. In chapter 2 verse 1 he says, okay. I will, I'm going to go up now and sit and watch and set myself on the rampart. I'm going to go up to my place of prayer and I'm going to watch to see what God will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. And that's that great verse the Lord said, write the vision, make it plain. And then God just goes off on his attributes. The vision is yet for an appointed time, verse 3. Verse 6, will not all these take up a proverb against him and a taunting riddle against him and say, woe to him who increases? Chapter 2, verse 20, just before we go to the slides, look at this pivot that Habakkuk made. But the Lord is in his holy temple that all the earth keeps silence before him. In chapter 3, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shigonath. Musical instruments. Oh Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. That's a great verse. That's a great verse. Say, Lord, I pray for personal revival. In verse 3, Habakkuk says, God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Perrin. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. Chapter 3 is glorious. And then here's the conclusion. I want to repeat what I read an hour ago. The last three verses of Habakkuk. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, the grocery shelves are empty, the job ran out, they've come and got the automobile, and they shut our juice off. <laughs> you ought to decoupage 17... 18 and 19. Decapage is a 1979 word. Ladies Missionary Society would decapage verses and send them to missions. Though there's no fruit on the vines, 
Though the labor of the olive may fail, no fields yield food, wheat. Though the flock may be cut off from the field, no stake, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hind's feet, and he will make me walk upon my high places. Push or pull. In unwelcome seasons in my life, do I push God away? In unwelcome seasons in my life, do I push God away? Do I push my brothers and sisters away? Misery doesn't want company. When a marital season gets to the 17th year itch, inflation. I know back in the 50s it was the seven-year itch. I heard about it. Now it's the 27th year itch. When parents have a tough time with an adult child, sometimes that child just pushes the parent away. You know what? Even though it's just us, this is traction preaching today. It's not because I've uh, been around church folk you know, for a long time, but we should let nothing get between my soul and the Savior. Write this down, and we should never let anything be more important than the closeness to the, of the body of Christ. To know that Joan, Sharon, Sarita, and you, every single day, I can see the chair where Joan sits back and forth, in and out of the Holy Spirit, praying without ceasing. Paul said that that age of a saint is given to that because they have more time. How I'm so thankful, so thankful, leaning on, not just the everlasting arms, but the procession of the saints. I want to talk to you today, and I'm kind of at a rest stop, and that's okay because I think I'll bring this back. Unwelcome seasons in my life. I somehow, speaking rhetorically, humanly, we think, if I withdraw from the Lord, things will get better. Why did we do that? Was it Felix, uh, King Agrippa, that said to Paul, you've almost persuaded me, but go away. Go away and come at a convenient season. Jonah pushes God away and ends up whale meat if it wasn't for the Lord. Doesn't he? Simon Peter pushed the Lord away and cursed three times to the ungodly maiden, pagan maiden, bringing shame to the gospel of the Lord his life. How many times in our life have we visited, called, checked on someone and says, I've been missing you. I want to be a faithful pastor. I'm not bird-dogging you. That was Nana's word. She'd say, I'm not bird-dogging you. I'm not, I'm, just, I'm missing you. The Bible directs us in 15 of Luke to go after the one. Say, go after the one. Go after the one missing. When Nana was 25, she didn't wait till Sunday was over. 
If they'd have had cell phones when John and Velma pastored in 50, she'd have called them while John was preaching. She would have. But whatever that is, so often, illness, cancer, loss of job, frustration, and we find it's a, it's a wedge issue in unwelcome seasons of my life. Do we push God away or pull God closer? Look at this in Habakkuk 1. God, how long do I cry without you hearing me? Do you like my uh, brackets? The verse is, oh Lord, how long am I going to cry out to you in this season? You're not doing anything for me. Don't you think sometimes you've met people, not you, you've met people that what, what they're really saying is, why are you not doing what I'd like you to do? Give me a little bit of a wave because we can't shake hands. Come on. God, you're not hearing me. I was the next one to get that yellow bed. God, don't you understand my prayer? You're not listening to me, God. Yeah, he is listening. You put all of us in danger driving that pinto. We don't need you in a souped-up horsepower car. Can you say amen? Habakkuk. In these next days, read these 55 whatever verses. Read them. I read them in all kinds of versions. I really like the new living. Grace has been reading to me in quarantine. We sit out here on the lot and yearn for the days when all the cars filled them and we came inside the church house and we weren't in quarantine. And she reads to me. So we've kind of been back in the Old Testament. So I'm not apologizing for Habakkuk. It is fresh as today. Isn't it possible that you start out saying, oh God, how long? And you end up saying, he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Huh? We start out, Habakkuk 1, 1, oh God, how long? Sometimes we think God needs that commercial. I heard you the first time. You did? I just wanted to hear you again. My take home is this. I don't want to push God away when offerings sink. I don't want to push wonderful brothers and sisters that are paddling as fast as you can when income seeks. I'm not jealous of any size, church. I'm thankful for every worker. You talk about no respecter of persons. This virus has hit everybody. A friend of ours, a longtime friend of ours, was telling me this weekend, their church in Anaheim still cannot meet, cannot gather. I don't want to push God away. I don't want to say, God, when I was 50, it seemed like things were better. Because if I really thought about what I was thinking about at 50, I was thinking when I was 30, things were better. This is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it. A contemporary of Jeremiah, Habakkuk prophesied some 15 years before the Babylon invasion. Habakkuk initiated a dialogue. Distress over seeming God's inaction 
to punish evildoers. Shut this virus down now. Or why are you not doing what I'd like you to do? God responds, 5 to 11, then Habakkuk responds, Lord, you are mighty and pure. Will you let us be dead meat for our enemies? I'm going to wait in my watchtower and listen for your answer. That's great. I'm going to shut up now and listen for your response. God responds, write this. It is going to happen, but evildoers will be punished. They carve idols that cannot take action. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent. Then in Habakkuk 3, Habakkuk sings. Do you know what, my wonderful brothers and sisters, sometimes pray for Kathy Grace. Because sometimes it takes me two chapters before I start singing. I can hear a Bible drop. I said in Habakkuk 3.1, Habakkuk was in the choir. He was a prophet, but he was in the choir. It takes us two chapters before I start singing. I speak, I pour my heart out. I'll never discourage you from doing that. Pour your heart out to God. He separates the weak from, from the chaff, and he, with a gentle breath, he blows the chaff away. He stays in there. Then we respond back, and then about that time, we're starting to pivot. We see his majesty, El Shaddai, the Almighty One that can make a boy's happy meal feed thousands of people. How is that? He can make a construction worker who borrowed an axe and the axe head fell into the water, give it gravity, opposite gravity, to lift it up. Do you not love Jesus Christ today? <laughs> oh Lord, sleepy mornings, tough times, unwelcome seasons, help me not to take two chapters before I begin to sing. In chapter 3, Habakkuk rehearses God's mighty deeds. Then Habakkuk sang, O Lord, revive your work. First one, in wrath, remember mercy. In wrath, remember mercy. Read Habakkuk this week. He rehearses God's mighty deeds. Chapter 3, 2 to 16, he rehearses God's mighty deeds. Come on, let's declare this. Communicate to God that you are aware of lean and mean times. Lord, come on, let's declare this. Lord, I will not push you away when things don't go my way. I will pull you closer with my praise. Come closer to the Lord when tough times come.